We'll read from the book of Joshua, chapter 14, beginning at verse 7. We have Caleb's words to Joshua here, 14.7. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thou feet have trodden, thy feet have trodden, shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now both for war, to go out, and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. We have in the scripture reading the account that occurred 45 years earlier, a dozen dads, 12 good men. They all had good resumes. They wouldn't have been appointed rulers or heads of families had they not. So on the surface, they appear to have been self-starters, diligent, uh, successful. They, They certainly weren't afraid to put in a day's work. They weren't lazy. They were no doubt the kind of sons before they got married that every father would be proud to have a son in law. That's what they were on the surface. But what appears on the surface is not always what is entirely a reflection of what exists within. And we find that out. All left a legacy. Every one of them. Ten have an unfavorable legacy. Two, Joshua and Caleb, have one that is very favorable. In the Bible, we don't see that Caleb spoke a lot. But when he did say something, it's, it's noteworthy. And he spoke on this day 45 years later. He was 85 years old, as he declared this day to Joshua. Joshua would have known that, of course. They had served together for over four decades and were acquainted with one another even before that. His... His memory was good, sometimes with age. We forget either short-term memory, we're told, or long-term memory. I can't remember just what we forget, but we're told we forget. But he didn't forget. His long-term memory was very strong. Uh, He remembered what Moses told him after he came back from spying out the land. And that was the the, uh, property that you spied out and put your feet upon, that property shall be yours. 
and it shall belong to your children after you. So now he was part of the, the crowd that went through the wilderness. Most of his peers, well, really all of his peers, with the exception of Joshua, were buried in the sand. But he was very much alive and very much intent on capitalizing on the promise that had been given to him 45 years earlier. They all had the promise. God, God gave it to them. And actually, they, they all knew what the land was about. God told them that before they had the idea in their hearts to go out and spy it out, which Moses uh, authorized and God approved. But you know, we find in Deuteronomy the uh, suggestion that it wasn't God's idea that they go in and conduct this intel operation. It was that uh, idea of the, of the people. But they had the promise in Deuteronomy, we find that too. The Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. Fear not, neither be discouraged. That, that was the promise. It belonged to all of them. But uh, we learn a lot about the ten with regard to their character when we see their response having come back from spying out the land. They were to go out, the instructions were, to see what the land was and see what the people were. See if the land is good or is it bad. Are the people strong or are they weak? Do they dwell in tents or do they dwell in, uh, in cities? Well, they came back and they gave a description that fit what they saw. It, it was true what they saw. Uh, but what they saw was that the people were strong rather than weak. They were many rather than few. They said the people is greater and taller than we. We saw the children of Anak there. Those were ancestors of Goliath and his people. So they were, they were big. He said, they, they said, we were as grasshoppers in their sight as they looked upon us and in our sight as they looked upon them. were no match. Well, they weren't. They were no match. But God had told them to go in and take that land. So the land uh, belonged to them. But they chose to look upon themselves rather than upon uh, the God who gave them that promise. And so they said, We be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. And they rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. They slandered the land and, and the report. And they murmured in their tents and caused the people throughout the, the camp to murmur as well. So more than doubt, it, it was unbelief. It was evil. The fact that they uh, rejected the promise of God and rejected the idea that he would bring them uh, into their rest. And we find more about this in Hebrews 3 and 4. That the problem was not doubt. The problem was, was unbelief. And the fact that, uh, that led them to bleach their bones in the wilderness. Well, Caleb and Joshua, we learned about them too. They didn't dispute the facts. They saw the same thing that the ten saw. But they... Uh, they said, the land which we passed through to search it, it is an exceeding good land. They had been told that. And now these two come back and verify that. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. 
in contrast to the, the land of Egypt where they had found deliverance. It's good rather than bad. It's fat rather than lean. It's fertile. It's uh, lush. The hills are covered with figs, fig, date, and, and nut trees. And the people, well, they had a different assessment of the people. Sure, they were bigger, stronger, taller than were Joshua and Caleb. But they dug our wells. God had promised that that would be the case. They dug our wells, they built our homes, and they planted our vineyards. But they, they saw, they saw the promise. They saw the possibilities uh, of that land. And so whereas uh, the ten said, we be not able, here's where Caleb stilled the people. We're told, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I like that spirit. And we we see that spirit is not uh, inherited genetically, uh, but it was uh, passed along uh, in the sense that his own daughter uh, possessed the same spirit as if we were to continue with, with the account in detail, you'll, you would read more about the fact that uh, as Joshua was, was given the land, he uh, said, whoever uh, among you will take a certain portion of that land, I will give to you my daughter as a bride. Well, Othniel was the one who said, count me in, I'll do it. And Caleb must have smiled broadly. There's a man with the same spirit that I've had for these 45 plus years, really. And so Othniel took the land and he was presented with his bride. And his bride, Caleb's daughter, had been promised a certain portion of the land. And she went to her father Caleb and said, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me the south land. Give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. She had heard her dad say, give me this mountain. Well, dad, if you can claim this mountain, then I can come to you and claim uh, some benefit as well. And he must have liked that. Well, we have, uh, we face mountains as well, and uh, we have promises. A mountain uh, to some is an obstacle, something in the way, something we might want to go around Avoid it, uh, ignore it, turn from it. To others, a mountain is a, is a challenge. Uh, talk to Brother Howard Wilson. He found that mountains were a challenge, something there to be climbed, and so climb he did. So it depends upon your uh, perspective. You have, from time to time, embraced uh, challenges, some play these word games, crossword puzzles, Scrabble puzzles. Uh, and, and I've seen more than one look at those uh, games or, or challenges as something to conquer, something to overcome. We hear uh, of those who love this CrossFit business. And if I was a few years younger, I would go into orthopedics because all these people are going to need hip and knee replacements in about 30 years. But with some of these things, we're no better for conquering. 
and no worse for not even trying. But with Caleb, it was not discretionary. He had a, a, a promise from the God of heaven that this was his land. And he was not content to let that promise and the possibilities that accompanied that promise fall by the wayside. And so on this day, at age 85, he reminded Joshua of that promise that God, through Moses, had given to him and boldly declared to him, Give me this mountain. God gives us promises. And they are not discretionary. They are not optional. And in fact, they are not ones that we can say we're no better for conquering and no worse for not. These are challenges. These are mountains that we are better for conquering and worse for not trying. We have promises. You know the promises to be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone, everyone, everywhere has, they have the promise that if they turn from their sins and look to God, they shall be saved. We just only need to believe in the Savior accompanied with that spirit of repentance. It does not work to uh, confess the, the name of Jesus and uh, presume upon his mercy that I'm saved if we still like to dabble in sin. That's not salvation. God offers deliverance from sin. We don't live above sin in the sense that sin is all around us, but we live without sinning. From the day we get saved till the day we die, if we keep our hands in the Lord. That's a promise. If you're in an unsaved condition, that's your promise. It may be a mountain. It, it, I suppose it, it was for most before well, we got saved. We thought, how, how do we get saved? How can we conquer this? Well, you don't need to conquer it. God conquers it. You know, I remember, I remember uh, telling my dad that when he came to uh, the first meetings there, I, I suggested to him, you just step out, in this case, toward the altar, the Lord will, will carry you the rest of the way. You know, Dad, he wasn't raised in a godly home by any means. It was a godless home. His mother died when he was very young, and his father basically abandoned him and his younger brother, uh, Robin Lee's dad, and uh, they pretty much raised themselves. So he had no moral bearing, even though he uh, turned out to be a, a very good dad and and uh, all of that. But he had no grasp of spiritual things and had no use for those who did, as far as that goes, for many, many years. Uh, but uh, after some of us got saved, uh, God somehow was, was speaking to his heart, as the Lord uh, does, and he accepted the invitation to come to the, the church there. And that's what I told him. I said, just step out. The Lord will carry you the rest of the way. Well, he did. He got down to that altar, knelt and prayed. Didn't get saved that day. But uh, within a few meetings, he received the assurance that he was saved. He didn't dabble in sin after that. Most would have viewed him as a moral man before that. He was never a man who drank or smoke or on the surface had those kinds of things. His conversation was laced with profanity. And that all ended 
the day that he got saved. That's the power of the gospel. We think, I can't, I can't, I can't lay off my old sins. Well, if you hate them enough, you will indeed. Uh, but you must cry for the mercy of God to empower you to live without sinning again. He'll do it. If you confess and forsake, he'll do his part. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. It is. We have the twofold nature of sin, and we thank God for the twofold remedy to ask forgiveness for our sins and to go back and ask for the Lord to eradicate that underlying condition of carnality. The Lord will do it. It's a promise. Some, it's a mountain. My first camp meeting, it was a mountain. How? I don't understand it. I'd never heard of it before. But then I was reminded I'd never heard of being saved until after I got saved. And God did all that work without me being taught uh, what it would be about. And somehow, some way, I prayed that first camp meeting and God uh, sanctified me. A mountain to be conquered. Don't be satisfied to sit in these uh, holiness meetings and not be sanctified, nor uh, uh, being unable to live holy. It's not good enough to claim I had the experience. You must live a life that is sober, righteous, and godly in this present world to where those looking on cannot uh, attach a finger uh, of blame to you. You're blameless by the grace of God. That's holiness. We can't do it in our own. But once we're truly saved and experience that uh, cleansing power of the blood of Jesus and are sanctified, you don't wake up every morning and try with all your might somehow, some way, I'm going to live the way God wants me to live. That determination was already made as you consecrated and dedicated your life to God. It, it just happens. Just the way when you were a sinner, sin just came out. It's a promise. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The promise is to you, to your children, to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's a promise. You might view it as a, as a mountain if you want, and if you view it that way, it's a mountain to be claimed. Give me this mountain. Address it in the spirit of Caleb, and God will not uh, disappoint you at all. All things, Jesus said, uh, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Implied in that is subjection to the will of God. If it be God's will, you'll have it. Embracing the promise gives rise to the possibilities. We don't need to minimize the strength of the enemy or say it's not there. There's no opposi- there, there is opposition. There will be opposition. And the opposition is, is taller and stronger and mightier than, than you are. Uh, the opposition is, is like a bully in the playground when you were in fourth grade or at work as an adult, whatever. There's opposition, but we need not succumb to the tactics of the enemy of our soul. We can claim the promise and God will see us through every time he will. He will. He will do it. Nobody, did anybody ever tell you that it would be just a path of ease with no opposition? You're just going to coast on into heaven? Did somebody tell you that? 
Well, of course not. It was one thing for uh, Joshua to say, give me this mountain. It was another thing for him to go and take it. But take it he did. He said, I, I have strength to both go out and to come back. The Lord's good. Between you and every promise stands impossibilities. And in the natural, no one will dispute that. The enemy employs uh, tactics that make you think that. But are you going to look at the enemy or uh, the, and the impossibilities? Or are you going to uh, embrace the promise that God gave you and realize that he will give you the strength? These ten, they magnify the problems and minimize the possibilities. Caleb, he was just had a single focus on the promise of God, and he had enough faith to believe God. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. And that's true whether that Hebrews 11 verse is referring to the two elders that we think of as elders because they are so-called that, or as some believe the elders down through the history of Israel. Either way, by faith, they obtained a good report. Well, what's your mountain? All right, you've got the mountain. Now, what's your promise? No matter how we feel or what we see or don't see ahead, we have, we have that promise. And we can go before God and, and declare forcefully to him, but humbly, Lord, Give me this mountain. We be well able. In the spirit of Caleb, we be well able to take it. We are, because God promised it. You have an opportunity to drop to your knees before the Lord and to claim that promise with all of its possibilities. God will grant it. You walk out of here victorious.